0: Hi, I'm Carissa Schlott, and I am Charissa Schlott. Welcome to Between Between Us, a podcast that highlights our relationship as sisters, providing a safe space to share our stories. These conversations highlight unity
1: and connection, the through lines that connect all of us as human beings.
0: Before we dive in, we would like to highlight that the views expressed in each episode are a product of our own research and experiences.
1: Our opinions are not representative of any professional affiliations we may have.
0: Episode 5, Wake Up. Renee Peterson is the co-author of Teen Girl Goddess and an author of her very own book, which is coming out next fall. Renee is a mother, a sister, a daughter, a friend, and a very beautiful human being who founded the Beautiful Inside Academy, which is going global this September. Please welcome Renee. Welcome to episode five with Renee Peterson, somebody that I would describe in three words as grace, beauty, and strength. And when I say the word beauty, I mean a beauty that is uh, so deep at the soul level that even just being in your presence, people feel light and love. So welcome, Renee. Renee.
2: Aw, thank you so much. (laughs) So happy to be here.
0: Yes, and I wanted to start by sharing how we first met, which felt kind of serendipitous. Um, I saw online um, an interview that you were doing with a coach at the time, and I think the the theme of the um, discussion was around um, hiding in plain sight or not fully stepping into the light. And I resonated so much with what you were saying because that's kind of how I had felt as well, is that I was I was dimming my light or keeping myself small, and I don't know I don't even know how how it happened, but (laughs) I I remember feeling very drawn to you, watching you, and I don't know if I sent you a message and just said, hey, I would love to, to meet you and get together for lunch. But from the moment that I met you at a sushi restaurant, I knew that you were something special, and I just felt this very innate. Sisterly bond, and I think you are one of the most incredible human beings on this planet.
2: Oh my goodness, Chris, right back at you though. Feel the exact same way, truly. And yeah, just to reiterate, it was a serendipitous moment. It's like our hearts just called to each other, and I love that kind of sisterhood where it's just pure and you recognize the goodness, the light in another, and then you can share that together and support each other more to step into it. So I am just as blessed as well. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And it's funny, like our relationship has just always felt effortless. Like I've never felt like I had to explain myself to you. I've never felt like I was wondering what your intention was. Like it's just always felt effortless and it's felt very light. Like there's there's no tension and there's no hurt. It's just a very pure connection. So I'm very grateful to have you in my life. And thank you for joining our podcast. Thank you so much. Oh my goodness. Uh, and I know that you and Charisse also knew each other prior to our serendipitous, Encounter? Yes, yes. We didn't know
1: each other on a personal level, but we worked in the same office. And I remember just seeing you around, but I remember exactly how Krissa described you. There was just a very genuine and light presence. And I could just tell it emanated from inside to outwardly. And so I just wanted to say that I, I did notice you when we were in the same office, although we didn't know each other.
2: Oh, thank you so much. Those touched me deeply. So thank you.
0: You are welcome. And I know you have some very important things on the go, including being a co-author for Teen Girl Goddess and your very own book coming out later this fall. So can you please share with us a little bit about Renee? Sure.
2: Yes, I I am super excited. Um, I've been referred to as one of the top teen empowerment coaches in the world, and I've been running Beautiful Inside Academy for the last 15 years. And it truly is my deep desire and passion to just really help teen girls step more confidently into who they can become. So, I mean, as women, right, we're all journeying on this becoming process. And so empowering them with those tools, those mindsets, those belief systems at a younger age to be anchored in to that place within where truly we know where all the magic lies or all the capacity and all the creation part of life lies is when we get it right on the inside. And so, yes, I am super excited for this fall. I feel really honored to be part of an international teen girl book called The Teen Girl Goddess. So I've been asked to write a chapter. My chapter is on intuition. So yeah, it's another part of my work with the teens, as well as I'm super excited to announce that I think it was five of the teen girls that have worked with me personally will be co-authors with me in that book as well, speaking of their experience. And so, yeah, and then I have my own book coming out in 2022. So, yeah, I'm excited about this as well, kind of sharing my personal story a bit and being a little bit more vulnerable and why I do this work and why I believe that this work is needed so much in the world at this time.
0: Yeah, I'm excited. (laughs) And so can you tell us a little bit about your story and and take us back to the beginning or the early experiences that you had that led you to do the important work that you're doing today?
2: Well, you know, I think as a teenage girl, like I was referred to as a good girl, a goody two shoes, you know, all of those things. And to be honest, I was. And even as a grown woman today, like I still love the goodness of life and see the good in others. And so I, I was... This vibrant teenager that just had so much hope for life and for what I wanted to experience. And so I played basketball. I modeled. I was trained under the lady who trained the five Miss Texases who won the Miss USA pageant. I was a lifeguard. I rode horses with my dad. So you know it was very diverse. Yeah. And so I, I did get picked on a lot. You know, I remember girls pulling my hair and calling me names or Yeah, and I just, I didn't understand it, you know, at the time. And I remember just sometimes going home or going to my piano lesson after school, and I could hardly even take my piano lesson because I was just crying. Those things hurt me deeply. As strong and confident as I am, I have a a very tender heart and feel things very deeply. And so I didn't understand how to process that. And that kind of hurt, you know, and then on the other end of that too, like being raised the way I was and... And just, you know, those expectations and in my own perceptions and in my own way that I perceived things, I knew exactly who I was supposed to be as well, but didn't really know who I was or what I was even capable of. I could feel it. And it was stirring inside of me all the time, but I would always feel this tug of war of like who I'm supposed to be and how I'm supposed to show up because it's, it was almost a part of survival, right? It's like, If you live more authentically and you don't kind of fall in line, then it it comes at the cost of being loved or adored, or it's an abandonment of self that I think I learned at a very young age, which I'm not even conscious of. That level of consciousness is something I'm passionate about bringing to our teens today, because if if I'd had somebody like me back then, I mean, I've accomplished great things, but You know, it's kind of like that iceberg, you only see the tip, but all of the journey underneath and, you know, all of that trauma and all of the pain and all of the healing, it leads you to these moments. But there's a lot of hurt that didn't have to hurt if I would have truly understood some of that psychology and about other people and about how it's not about me and all of that stuff that just could keep myself more solid in my authenticity and not you know letting those things hurt me so bad so you know that's part of 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 why I'm deeply passionate but at the same time like I was still very resilient I mean I still kept going through all of those things but I just I wanted to to know more about who I could become, how I could become it. How could I stay aligned to my dreams? Like I had these things inside of me that I wanted to get connected to, but it was almost like, oh, you know, that's, that's not possible. Or you dream too big. Or I just, I think that nurturing of those desires and those nurturings, it's huge. It's, it's foundational work. I mean, we look at the movie hope floats and one of the famous lines and it says we spend the rest of our adulthood recovering from childhood
1: mm-hmm.
2: as I'm stepping into bigger things right now. Like putting myself out there in a book, even doing this podcast and being more vulnerable, right? There's those subconscious things that have happened to us, you know, that were like, oh, does my voice matter? Do I matter? Right? And you think you're over it, but then next level, next devil kind of thing. And those things from the past kind of come up, which, you know, I find exciting all at the same time because it's like, yeah, let's slay that dragon.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. And... It's a it's a sign that you're on the right path because you're pushing yourself beyond the limits that you even dreamed possible, and you're so right. Tho- all those limiting beliefs and all of those thoughts and all of those early experiences as a child, they follow us through through our whole life, and it's our it's our life's work, I believe, to try to counter them and to try to conquer them and heal them.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely, and you know I think too part of that that story is you you fall into like the proving energy or the people pleasing or the rescuing, right? And so just like seeing how those things really undermine you and how our teen girls today, if they don't, how can they do better if they don't know better? So I just feel like it's foundational, fundamental work. Like I just had a private coaching call this morning with one of my teens and we talked exactly exactly about that, about how she abandons herself because she's worried what other people think. She doesn't use her voice. So she, you know what I mean? And like, she's 16, like really, I was like, oh my gosh, sometimes I wish I had a magic wand and I could trade places. Cause I'm like, oh wow, this is so good, you know? And that's what I really heard coming through
1: your story. And thank you for sharing that is no matter what people say to you, how people treat you, I think the biggest wound is inflicted by our, our own self-betrayals, is when we self-abandon. Absolutely. And, and I think those have the greatest impact. And even if they're just micro situations, but that happening over time does the most damage.
2: you know and I even look at marriage like I'm divorced of it, how that subconscious pattern of the rescuer and and like oh I can help you and oh this or that and and yet you I abandoned myself as strong as confident and as aware as I was it's like obviously I needed that experience to wake me up even more because it was illuminated like okay yeah there that really is right all of that stuff of like being the good girl, and you're absolutely right. And I tell my teens that all the time, people can betray you, but the strongest, most painful betrayal is when you betray yourself. That's really hard. And so if- absolutely. Like, I just wish that I'd understood it better. And so that's part of my mission and passion is just like be in alignment in authenticity and how to get your mind right so that you can stay deeply connected to those places within that really are your North Star and your guidance system to help you- live out this life with more purpose and destiny, so.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I said this to you before, but I I wish that I would have had you in my life as well as a teenager. I can relate with so much of your story of always feeling a bit different, and because I'm a genuine and kind person, I often assumed others would also have good intentions, and so I, I had to learn painful lessons that that's not always the case. And then learn how to protect myself with having good boundaries and, and expecting more from the people who are in my life. And if they can't reciprocate that relationship with a certain level of, of kindness that they don't deserve a place in my life. Yeah. That's, those are tough lessons. (laughs) They are, they are. And how would you say coaching is different from therapy?
2: Okay. Well, I I love I think there's such a place for therapy. It's it's more for I would say like those urgent traumas, those acute traumas where just really need that that help whereas coaching is more it's future focused. It's like who do you want to become? It's like how do we get those boundaries inside of ourselves how do we get those tools those skills those mindsets deep on the inside how do we create that resiliency so it's foundational that helps them launch from a place so they they have to be ready right to go okay i'm ready to hear this i'm ready to change i'm ready to grow right they have to be in an emotionally stable place i mean of course teenagers struggle and they're struggling but they're not so caught up in deep deep trauma i love
0: that so therapy is is almost healing the past and coaching is giving them the skills and the tools to launch into their future. Absolutely. Yes. Very well said. Exactly.
2: And there's definitely a a place for both. I've had girls that have done therapy and then they're like strong enough to go, okay, now I'm ready. Let's go. Right. And it's not that I don't deal with some trauma either. One would probably be like a three or four. It's not into the the 10 zone.
0: And how do you know when they're ready? Like what is an ideal teen girl client for you? Okay. I love that question.
2: I think she's sick of the drama, the drama within herself, the drama with others. She just feels this calling that she knows that she's meant for more. Like She's sick of getting sucked into things where she doesn't want to be. Like She just has this inner knowing that there is more for me and I want to know how to get there and how to do it. So I work with those teen girls that are are doing really well in life, but also like still normal teenage things that they're just like, I don't know how to cope with this or I don't know how to cope with that. And like you said, you know, you were different. I was different. I work with those girls as well. It's just like, okay, I know, but I want to fit in, right? Because that's that number one need, right? Like we want to be approved of. We, yes. we want to be adored. We want to be recognized and acknowledged. And so, but they're realizing that they're not getting that from anybody else. And so they're really ready to do that work to learn how to get it from themselves and navigate from a different place.
0: Yeah. I think that is, you said that so beautifully that we all want to feel like we belong Mm -hmm. and we all need love ultimately. Right. And so it's confusing though. There's, there's traps that we think we find that belonging and that love externally Yes, and especially as a teenager. And so I love that the work that you do has some turn inside, right? Beautiful inside to do the work, to find that love and belonging within themselves. Right.
2: Because really like at what cost, right? At what cost to love and be loved and belonged in what place, right? It's just, and I tell them, if you don't find where you belong, then you get to be the captain of your own team and you have tryouts. And then we do that value work and help them understand their values. And if they're gonna have tryouts for their own team, well, then they have to live those values. So how do we deepen that value within themselves and how do they stay aligned to it, right? Because you're right, there's those traps. And so, you know, there's these, these leaders our future females our you know these future powerhouse women the future leaders and really helping them understand who they are so that we can even also stop some of this generational belittling of women and gossip I mean really it boils down because they don't know who they are I mean let's be honest we're grown women it still happens today yes Right. So, yeah, it's only because they don't know who they are. They don't know their values. They don't know their worth. They weren't taught it. And so the cycle continues. Yeah. And I mean, my client is the teen, but my client is also the mom. I need to have a mom that's confident and empowered within herself to go, okay, I'm not going to feel shame because I need help with my teenage daughter. I'm not going to feel shame because, oh, I can't do all this alone. The fact is, Mm -hmm. like teenagers, can't hear you as well to have another so it takes a strong woman to go I need another strong woman to speak into my daughter's life because I recognize at this time that she can't hear me as well as she can hear someone else and it's that simple and so then when she hears me and that's the magical part that I love is because I love by them hearing me it strengthens that mother-daughter bond because they're like oh my mom says stuff like that. Oh, and then they think their mom's super cool. You know? <laughs> so it's just, that's the piece I love too. So and that it
0: doesn't detract. Like, I think this is sometimes where we get it wrong as women, where we feel like we have to do it all and have it all together and that we're somehow failures if we don't. But that yeah. that creating the space in our children's lives for other people to mentor and love on our kids, it multiplies that love and that connection. It doesn't somehow diminish what you have with them. And it doesn't mean oh. that you've done something wrong fundamentally or that you're not doing enough. It just means no. that they need more love and support and they need different people to to talk to those things in their lives.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. My clients are, are two, both mama and daughters. Mm-hmm. So a couple of things were coming up for me in
1: that. The first is that I really see this journey of you working with teenagers as the beginning stages into personhood in that sense, because I think we all go through this continually through our lives because we evolve, we're adapting to new environments, and sometimes we're shedding aspects of ourselves. So I think this process of personhood, selfhood is a constant evolution, one. Yes. And then two, the second thing that really stood out to me is in our western culture we're all taught to look outside of ourselves for the answers this intuitive nature that we're born with which is there it's in the ethos we're almost taught to ignore that to look outside of ourselves for the answers to seek knowledge above our own intuition and so like you said with the the movie quote it's it's very much about like forgetting everything we learned and returning to who we who we once were
2: Yeah. I super love that you caught that. Wow. You're astute. Very well done. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But you're right. And like, that's the piece. It's just like, we look at all these women paying thousands of dollars for therapy and for coaching programs or whatever to have that healing or that trauma work. And you're right. It's just like, let's get it right at a younger age, right? Let's have them step into that personal development. I mean it's huge. It's everything, training them, getting those micro habits of like, okay, that's thought work. And who do I want to be in the world? And what does this mean? And life happens for me. And okay, this is a problem. What is it here to teach me? Right? It's just, how do we cope at those ages? Because neuroscience tells us that their brains are developing and those neural pathways are being formed. And so, yeah, like let's do that. So absolutely passionate about that personal development piece. Just remind me again, what did you just say about that second The seeking external validation answers. Yes. Yeah. And you're right. And especially as adolescents, right? It's like, we look outside ourselves. Do you love me? Do you think I'm good enough? Am I good enough? So it's just, if we can hone in on that and help them go, okay, I understand, you know, internal worth versus external validation. Mm -hmm. It's pretty much everything.
1: Yeah. And I think we all do that. And that's how we take in new information. But the difference is when you have a a rooted self or core, you can take that in and then say, hey, does this fit with me?
2: Absolutely.
1: And so if you don't have that groundedness, that centeredness, that can become really
2: confusing. Absolutely. And that's part of the, that's the work. And that's what sets them free. Like, that's what makes them feel powerless. And so when you can give them how to take their power back, That's amazing. And you know, you think of it at 16 because I even look at myself, it's like I know it on an academic heart, brain level. But even sometimes, because that programming and nobody taught it to me so young, it takes me a little bit longer to process through all of that and for it to flow through me. It's not as fluid, right? Because I wasn't taught at a younger age. Thank goodness I know how to. But
1: Absolutely. yeah. It's like kind of countering all of those, the scripts and the mind chatter to get to that place, to really connect to the intuition.
0: And when those are our early life experiences, then we go through the rest of our life, almost having to swim upstream, like to fight against those those pathways that were created, right? And I know the statistic is if a teen has three to four mentors in their life, it reduces the likelihood of addiction Anxiety and depression by over 70%. Absolutely. So if we can can empower people when they're younger and give them those supports at a younger age, yeah. I think that is huge for the potential for there to be more healing in the world.
2: Absolutely. And, Sharice, also back to what you said, you know, I think I often hear moms say, oh, my daughter's fine. My daughter's doing good. but. But it's like, I would almost just invite people to look deeper into that. Is she doing good because she's getting a lot of external validation? Mm-hmm, bing, bing, bing. But what happens, like, she's like, she's good, she's good. And so my thing that I often say is like, she's good till she's not. Yeah. Like, something is going to happen. Something's going to throw her off her game. Something like, oh, you're smart, you're an athlete, you're an academic, you're a dancer, you're this or that. But it's like, what about that internal piece, right? When you just have those moments where you have to look in the mirror and go, okay, wow, like that, that doesn't define me anymore. I'm injured, but who am I now then, right? And so I just think it's, people would be shocked in my work is the girls that present like they're really struggling, struggling, struggling. Sometimes the girls that present like they're not struggling are honestly struggling more than the girls that actually present that they are, the level of pain that they carry on the inside.
1: hmm And this comes down to identity in the sense that if all of our external thoughts about ourselves fall away, exactly as you said, who am I without all of those things that I'm attached to? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And And, Renee, I was that girl that you were describing. I don't think from the outside anybody would have known how much struggling um, was happening in my life, how much pain I was going through on the inside. mm -hmm. I was the valedictorian. I was a popular girl. and. I had a lot of attention around my physical appearance. I was athletic. I was a figure skater. I sang. I did I did all of the things on a resume <laughs> that a good girl should do. Yeah. And yet on the inside, I didn't have a cl- exactly, I was checking the boxes. Yep. Yeah. But on the inside, I was so detached from who I who I really was and where my worth really came from that as soon as there were those external struggles, I had no tools to be able to communicate it. And worse, I felt like I had to put on a mask to pretend that it was all okay in order to uphold these external things that I was known for.
2: Absolutely, yeah. And that's a tragedy, right? At a young age, how that how that impacts a teenager and then how that leads into adulthood as well, right?
0: Yes. And we think like, so even if you have a daughter or son who you feel like from the outside, it looks like they're doing... <laughs> they're doing well to really, like you say, go deeper and use your intuition as a parent to know when they need that extra support. Yeah. Because I'd argue that it's the girl that has it all together that actually probably needs your work the most.
2: I agree. Absolutely. To be honest.
1: Mm-hmm. And that actually came up in our second episode, I believe it was, or no, our third, when I said people who are pretending have it all together are probably the people that are struggling the most, exactly as you guys have
2: been saying. So Yeah, it's very true. And so I guess one could say, who is this work for? Well, I think it's for every teenager. One day I hope to have a gym full of them and just pour into them and go, okay, who do you want to become? This is how we do it. Who are you ready to become? I guess is a better question. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Oh, so good.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know what has been coming up for me though? I was thinking back to my teenage stages and I don't think that I would have been open or receptive to something that you're offering at that point in my life because I was at the point where I was so closed off. I was so mistrustful. I was so internal that nobody got to see that interior view.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: And so I just think I know so many are in a position where that would be so helpful but I think back to myself and I said I don't think I would have been open to that and at the same time
0: I'm fully comfortable and okay with that was my journey. Oh I just am so curious so and I'm now thinking about the dynamic of if Renee was in was in your life so Mm -hmm. have you ever experienced Renee somebody who wasn't open for your mentorship or wasn't ready and and how did you navigate that?
2: Yes. I wish I could bibbity bobbity boo myself when you were little. (laughs) (laughs) Because actually I kind of love that girl because to me, it just speaks to a level of hurt, right? And so I think this is why I love working with teenagers too, is because they know like it is the litmus test all the time so like that that authenticity and that love and when I can be in their presence and I have because I have experienced depths of pain I have and I've gone to those places within myself and healed them I have great capacity to hold that space for another person
1: Mm, beautiful yeah
2: And so I think that my love could have melted you a bit. I think that me looking at you and just mirroring back to you and just saying, Sharice, I see that you're hurting. You know, I see that, you know, you're looking inward. And and like, that's one thing in my work. I'm not, I'm not sugarcoating anything. And I think teenagers love that. I don't think we we tell the truth enough. And so I do say tough things, but I say it in so much love. And so it's just like saying those things, it, it kind of breaks down the wall when they feel like, okay, I, I can step into this space, right? And, but some aren't ready, that's for sure. But um, nine out of 10, I can reach them. That's just kind of been... I think one of my gifts and my experience. So I think it's just letting them know that, well, not even letting them know that's incorrect. It's it's being in that space with them and letting them feel, yeah, right? Because that's the depth of the work. I just, it's letting them feel that, okay, I can be that person. Like this is scary, but let's step into this arena together and let's free yourself from this, you know? So-
1: Mm-hmm, absolutely. And and you're bang on in, in that sense that I don't think I would have been, if it was kind of like steps to how do I get from here to here, that I would have been highly resistant to. But if someone would have just allowed me to be in my pain, yes, yeah, that would have been powerful.
0: If they yeah. would have saw you, yeah. like that's your gift, Renee, you see... You see them and you can and you can go to the place that they're at and meet them there and hold that space yeah. for them. And
2: I think too, like I think in my work that people maybe get confused. It's not about fixing anybody. It's not that anybody's broken. It's just that like, okay, I you're right, Chris. Like I see you and what's happening and how can we get to the other side? Yeah, it's it's an amazing process for sure. And I think back just
1: even the teenage phase. In general, you think even, you know, childhood to then, you're just a sponge. Totally. You know, you're soaking everything in and just the amount of information that you're attuned to, which you might not even be aware of. Absolutely. And then you throw in hormones. You just think that no wonder it's
2: such a time of struggle, <laughs> yeah. though, because there's yeah. so much going on. When I do, and I think too, like so many things that I see today with teenagers or with people like think positive, be positive. Yes think on the bright side. And I just think, um, that's crap. So it's just (laughs) like, really like my own coach says, well, let's not pour pink paint over everything. Like that's one of my favorite things that she ever says, because what does that really serve? That teaches girls and women today to stuff their feelings. Like, that's the work, feeling your feelings and processing your emotions. So it's just like, that is one, that's the deeper work that I do with them as well. So if we're taught like, okay, it's okay for me to feel this way. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, if you want to feel this way for 10 days or for however many days, but I want you to know when you're super sick of feeling this way, this is what you can do to get yourself out of it.
1: Mm-hmm. Beautiful, right?
2: yeah. So yeah they have that tools and capacity to go, yeah, I'm, I'm sick of myself now. I'm sick of this. I, I, I want to make a different choice, right? It's about choices. So. Mm-hmm.
0: And what would you say is the most common theme that you see with the teams that you work with? What is, yeah, that common thread? You have so much wisdom, but what's that thing that, that you see that's a recurring message or theme? I'm not worthy. I'm not enough. Mm. Yeah. 100% of them.
2: Yeah.
1: And it makes me wonder, I know probably all humans question that and, and even all of us, you know, having imposter syndrome, but it does make me wonder this notion that even in becoming something, right, becoming a woman or becoming a man, it's like we're never born, it, it's still this external thing where it's like, we're never quite that thing even though we're born this way, but we're born into it, Yeah, there's still this construct about you have to be that by exhibiting X, Y, and
2: Hmm. Yeah, it is. And I just think, well, back to, again, why I'm so passionate about doing this work in the teenage years is because when you get them to understand those dynamics of society, when you get them to like flip the script at a younger age and you get them to understand how to manage their minds and how to do that differently on an internal level, those things don't have to play out. Yes. Just yesterday, I woke up and I had a girl who just graduated high school and I think I had her when she's 12. And she's like, I just wanted to say thank you again for everything you've taught me. I use it. you know, I use it every day. That stuff is, I know I keep repeating this, but it's foundational work. And so now she has that and she knows she has a Mm -hmm. choice. Back then, I didn't know how to make the choice when I was a child. How do I choose me? I didn't know how to choose me. I didn't know how. It didn't even feel like a choice. It didn't. I didn't know I had one. Yes. I didn't know I had
0: one. I have this theory that the most important skill that the world is going to be needing in this next generation is emotional intelligence. And as you were speaking, I just kept thinking about how ultimately what you're doing is you are you are teaching emotional intelligence at a young age because in the four stages of EQ, the first is self-awareness. So allowing them to feel and then helping them explore, why do I feel this way? Why do I react this way? Why do I do what I do? So that, that okay. awareness is step one. The second level is is management. So once you have the awareness, how do I then manage my emotions, right? So that I don't pass on my hurt to other people. Absolutely. The third level is that social awareness. So now, now that I'm, now that I'm centered in who I am and why I do the things that I do and how I can manage myself is observing externally. Why do others do what they do? What happened to them? And then the fourth level um, is sort of that mastery of being able to, to manage relationships with others in, in that emotionally intelligent space so that, You're basically helping a whole generation, this next generation of humanity with emotional intelligence
2: well absolutely and you know you look at some of the relationships that i mean that they're having as adolescents too some of them sexually prematurely or you know they're making decisions in these capacities only because they don't know who they are and the consequences on an emotional level in that space and so you're right like helping them truly understand like who am i in the world how do i lead myself so that i can lead myself in relationships lead myself with others help them understand some of those relationship dynamics so but they have have to lead first within themselves before they can do that dance with another person and so yeah I mean because those relationships and adolescents some of them leave scars for a lifetime right because they make decisions about who they are and then about other people and then you're right I, then those girls come and they're just shut down like well life sucks can't trust anyone but really it's because they didn't trust themselves
0: oh. yeah sorry I'm taking all that in that was yeah. powerful yeah it was great because really, yeah. they didn't trust themselves. <laughs> yeah, we know. When people
2: are like, I don't know how to trust. Well, the trust begins with trusting yourself. We we just need to trust who's good for us, who's not.
0: You know? Mm-hmm.
1: And you know what? Actually, when I'm reflecting on, on the trust piece, it was like I gave... So this is where I, I would say I gave my power away. I gave my trust to other people to show me like almost above my own trust, oh, totally. if that makes sense. So it was kind of like, I am giving my trust to this person above myself. And then when that's breached, it's not only shattering my relationship with them, it's shattering me because I gave my, yeah. my trust was outside
0: of myself. Yeah. Again, you do, Sharice, you embody, like, especially as a, as a child, you wore your heart on your sleeve. Like you are the most generous and giving and kind soul. And so because of that, it opened you up to, unfortunately, a lot of hurt and pain. Mm-hmm. But I hope that the lessons that you've learned since then allows you to, to keep doing that and keep shining that light and giving giving the world that gift because it's something that is magical mm-hmm. that you do. You have this genuine ability to, to let others see you.
1: Yeah, and that's a dance. Mm-hmm.
2: And if other people can't receive it, not it's not about you like it's not it's just they don't have capacity to receive the gift of you so what if somebody had told you that as a little girl right and what if somebody said okay and this is how you set boundaries for yourself and this is how you love yourself and this is how you navigate life in this capacity with that beautiful tender heart of yours right what if somebody had held that space and mirrored to you how precious and amazing and the gift of your love and the gift of your givingness and all of that stuff but then how to walk and do that dance of life so they didn't have to experience that over and over again mm-hmm, absolutely and have that imprinting right because that imprints and then we make decisions from that wounded place instead of that authentic trusting place within ourselves we should we shut down and mm-hmm.
1: And then that's how yep. the cycle of trauma repeats itself. Absolutely. And then you're almost re-traumatizing the self by <laughs> acting from the wound place, creating more wounds, acting from the wound place, or creating more wounds.
2: Exactly right. So let's break the cycle at a younger age.
1: And so I'm, I'm curious how you navigate that too, Renee. Like even now as an adult, still being highly sensitive, I think I have to have a lot more reclusive time almost to recover What have you found in that? Because I I get the sense that you are similar.
2: Yes, I am. So um, yeah, I I need my alone time for sure. Um, I think my daily work, right? Like my daily work of connecting to myself, like the bookends of the day, that AM work, that PM work, like that thought work, choosing my thoughts on purpose and really just staying connected to that, that deep place within that heart space where I'm just like, solid so whether that's like having a bath or going for a walk like I find it in nature a lot so that just really grounds me so and really I just think surrounding myself with my support people right like sometimes there's those times where I just need to cry or I just need somebody to hold space for me but really choosing those people very wisely as well so right finding those those precious souls that can be like, I see you in this moment, and I'm holding your your pain, but I still see you.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's okay. I think this would be really helpful for people to understand. Like, if if there is a morning where you're struggling, like, what does your morning look like? What things do you do?
2: Yeah. Well, I I wake up, of course. Before I get up, like, I don't look at my phone or I don't do any of those things. Right. Like, I just kind of wake up with. A spirit of gratitude. And when I open my eyes, I just kind of say thank you three times. Just like thank you. Thank you for another breath. Thank you for another opportunity to maybe get some things right that I didn't the day before. Thank you for another opportunity to love and be loved or, you know, whatever that is. Like I just kind of get my mindset straight and I choose an intention every day. So something that I really intend. And then um, I just kind of carry that with me and try to stay in alignment with that and just that internal space and it really does it it sets the tone for the day and um, yeah it's purposeful
0: and do you do that cognitively in your head or do you write it down it
2: depends on how how much time or where I'm at but it's cognitively as well as every day in my day timer I write my intention that is written down for sure
0: Amazing. I love that because there's some mornings where I wake up, like maybe I slept in a little bit or I know that I have a big deadline at work or whatever. I have something going on in my head that I'm like, I don't have time to do that today. So I love this idea that it doesn't have to be a process. Like you don't have to dedicate, like, well, I dedicate an hour and a half each morning. Yeah, no, no. Like it can just be as simple as waking up and saying three things you're grateful for in your head and then starting opening up your, your day timer or opening up your laptop and writing one thing That is your intention for the day. So good.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Because like where energy flows, where attention goes. And so it really, it really makes a big difference in my days for sure. And I'm excited to like implement that more this summer as I'm going to have more time and step into that. It's it's basically a spiritual practice, right? Your spiritual spirit within. So
0: yeah. Yeah. All right. Should we jump into the fast five? Sure. That went really quick, by the way. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> yeah we could talk for hours yeah yes, we could okay question one what was the first career that you dreamed of as a kid
2: oh my goodness Well, I think I actually probably was a nurse because my mom was a nurse so
0: yeah oh <laughs> so that came
1: true Yep, that came true yeah and it makes sense helping profession right
2: yeah yeah
1: would you climb a mountain or jump from a plane
2: Ooh, climb a mountain. Mm. <laughs> what's your mountain, right?
0: <laughs> Ooh, I love that. Climb a mountain, but what's your mountain? Yeah, exactly. Ooh, that's good. Mm-hmm. And what book are you currently reading?
2: Oh, I'm reading a book called Awakening.
0: That seems fitting for where you're at in your life and the book that you're birthing. <laughs>
2: Yes, where I'm going, I need to be wide awake. So yeah, not letting any of my old beliefs or things hold me back. So yeah, I'm stepping into the the depth of it. <laughs> and do you have a hidden talent? Oh, wow. I think I make amazing, I've been told I make amazing pies. So I don't know if that's a talent, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm yeah pretty good at it. I could have a pie shop.
0: There you <laughs> go. I was going to say pies and gravy. When I was sick one time, Renee dropped off the most beautiful, thoughtful, home-cooked, healthy meal, which was like literally feeding my soul. And I could have drank the gravy out of the gravy (laughs) dish. Like, it was so
2: good. (laughs) I do love to cook. Yes. Oh, Uh, that's
1: nice. And hey, wait, what is your favorite pie?
2: My favorite pie? Oh, I think it's between the coconut cream or the chocolate cream. So, Mm -hmm. yeah.
0: Yes. (laughs) And what is the best or worst advice that you've been given?
2: Oh my goodness. Wow. I think the worst advice that I was ever given was that you don't marry the family. Like you do. Mm. Yeah. I was like, really? Like I knew it in my soul, but like you don't marry the family. I'm like, okay. And I think the best advice that I've been given is it's simple, but true. It's like, follow your heart. Like you have all that you need within you. Mm, that's really beautiful
1: Mm -hmm. and the last question that everyone gets is what is your dream or vision for the world
2: wow I want people to be conscious and awake I want them to awaken to who they are who they can be because when people know who they are and are on purpose and on task with that it really it draws a line in the sand and ends some of this bullying and and all of this stuff that we we encounter today so it's just wake up like wake up hmm. and do the work that's like do the work it's yep. it's the hard work that needs to be done and so that would be if i had a magic wand would sprinkle my little dust on <laughs> Wake yep. up, like you know. Wake up.
1: Yep. Hello, <laughs> yeah. lights are on.
2: Come on, You're come amazing. back to your house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> home. It's within. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. thank you so much for being with us today. um Like sheree said, we could talk to you for hours and hours on end. But I want to leave our listeners with a way to connect with you. So, how can uh, a mother, a teen daughter? any woman, any human, um, how can they find you and connect with you?
2: Probably the best would be um, my website. There's a contact form on there. So it's just beautifulinsideacademy.com. But I'd love you to follow me on Facebook, um, Renee Peterson or Beautiful Inside Academy and Instagram at Beautiful Inside Academy as well. So yeah, private message me, DM me, whatever. If you feel like you'd love to connect, I would love to have a conversation.
0: Amazing. And we'll also share your books once they're released so that people can find them and, and purchase them because I know um, that they're going to have a huge ripple effect into this world. So yeah.
2: thank you so much. I'm excited. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much as well. Thank you, Cherise. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Okay.
0: Lots of love. Have a great day. Yes. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. Hi, my name Bodhi. I hope you stay safe. My name is Gabe. I hope you have a great day. Audio production by Joel Vargesi at Lewis Studios.